Pale Wives, a podcast about beer, history, beer history, and especially celebrating the women who make them. Join us as we share our journey in home brewing, explore the history of beer and specific styles, taste new ones, and talk with other women who brew, study, make a living, and enjoy drinking beer. This podcast is a love letter to beer and brewing, and it's not the definitive source of the history of brewing. You are joining us on our personal mission to learn more and to share what we learn with our listeners. We are in no way experts, but we are passionate novices wanting to better understand this world we both love. <laughs> uh, hey, Fury. Hey, Karma. How's it going? I'm the Magic 8-Ball. Ask again. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We just gotta, just gotta get rolling. Yeah. We're uh, shaking off the dust a little bit. A little bit. Because I think we sort of forgot how to do this. Yeah. Take a it... couple months off and... Yeah. 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 And suddenly it's a challenge again. Kind of. Yeah. At least I remembered how to hook everything up. Yeah. That's good. I was good. a little concerned. I was like, Ugh. Although we did have a second of rearranging. Well, you know. It's fine. It's totally it's fine. Now. It's fixed now. <laughs> I mean, I am so rusty that I forgot to make sure I had a beer in the style we're going to talk about today. Uh, so <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. yeah. What kind of beer adventures have you been on in this months-long hiatus that we've taken mm-hmm. um you and i did one the um black friday at eureka heights all their burning oh, stuff. yeah God. or barrel age stuff I don't know the barrel age stuff yeah that that was an adventure in learning to share that we should share a yes. flight yeah that was for sure it was a flight and we probably should have split it oh we absolutely <laughs> should have split it it was i took a picture of the list because i'd never remember oh yeah it was um, Stun Gravy, which mm-hmm. that was the... Is that the meatish one, or... There was a... One of them was a barley wine. Yeah. Right? Maybe that's what I was thinking. I think that was the Stun Gravy. Maybe, Maybe I need to look at Untapped. <laughs> I know. Then my photo of the list. But there was the... the it was a Wee Heavy, right? Mm-hmm. The barley wine. Mm-hmm. Two of the... Nuke the Whales. Nuke the Whales from different years. Mm-hmm. And their milk stout, right? Didn't they have Moo a... Caliente, yeah, the spicy Caliente. one? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So we liked my favorite, at least, was the seventeen Nuke the Whales, and I think mine was the other one, the nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I think I liked, I liked the newer the one, older better. one better. Um, and then I I remember liking the Moo Caliente because I like a spiced dark mm-hmm. beer, like a like a heat spice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to distinguish between like Christmas spices versus pepper. <clears throat> and I like a I like one that hits me in the back of the throat and burns mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, so it was a Belgian strong dark. Ale. That was the that was stun the, gravy. The, no, the six demon bag. The oh, stun okay. gravy was the barley wine. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And then Moo Moo was the <laughs> <laughs> the imperial stout, the spicy one. They have a peanut butter one out right now. Yes. That I the, want to try. The mama says or something. Or it's like mom. Mom, appro- mom approved. Yeah, mom approved. I, I want to actually. I was talking about going there today. Yeah, so. I'd be down. Um, the pep- peppermint peanut butter one. Yeah, yeah. Mom and approved. Choosy mom. Oh shit. Choosy mom. Choosy it's mom. Mom approved chocolate peanut butter milk stout. That sounds so good. Yeah, it sounds probably too sweet for me to like want a whole one, but mm-hmm. I still want to try it. So they say I ran into Bethany at Specs. Yeah, you did. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't recognize Past guest her. Bethany on our Nitro episode. <laughs> it was funny because um, 
I saw this girl and she had this gorgeous purple hair and I was like, oh, I love the color of her hair. Mm -hmm. I wish I could pull that off. (laughs) And saw her a couple times but didn't like see the front of her. And then we were both looking at the singles that are like on the end of the row. Mm -hmm. And like, we make eye contact and we're like, Oh, hi. <laughs> I've just been looking at you for the past 20 minutes. And, and I was like, I didn't, I like, didn't recognize her with her purple hair. Because yeah. last time I saw her, it was long and yeah. kind of blondish. Mm-hmm. And now it's short and purple. And I was like, oh my God, I love it. I don't know that I've seen this. Sh- oh, yeah. I, so I met her, met up with her at Rudyard's uh-huh. uh, a few weeks ago. And I talked to you about that because there's some potential with Rudyard's for some fun uh-huh. stuff to come. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> once I talk you into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, so, I guess maybe that's a point I, I want to make as we're chit-chatting at the start of the episode is that I know we've been gone, um, and that wasn't really planned, because we didn't, when we started, we didn't really plan, like, seasons or how yeah. we were going to do this or whatever, and I don't I don't know if this is how we'll do it next year. Maybe it'll be <clears throat> a, a shorter hiatus instead of as long as it was. Yeah, I don't know. Mostly because life happens, and it's just been impossible for yeah. lots of reasons, yeah. um, but... Uh, I we've still been working mm-hmm. like making connections you have for sure some potential sponsorship opportunities which would be really rad definitely talking to people that um like brewers who who will one day sit and talk with us which is really exciting mm-hmm. uh, kind of the same thing so talking about beer adventures mm-hmm. um I headed down to Galveston last weekend weekend before anyway recently ish and we did a bit of a brewery tour on the way down Mm -hmm. i hadn't managed to make it to fetching lab yet and i hadn't been to galveston bay which isn't on the island but you know it's not i thought it was no so galveston island is and beerfoot and but galveston bay which is a different brewery is like in the dickinson area okay um yeah, we didn't do any on the island, because by the time we got to Galveston, it was pretty late, and we had been day drinking all day, so it was kind of <laughs> like, it also got dark, and so we went and walked on the beach and did the, like, wandering our hotel, so we didn't do any drinking, and then the next day we were both kind of like, eh, drinking. <laughs> we cannot do that eh, today. drinking. Um, yeah, so I've we been didn't. there. But Devil in the Deep, I went to... I swear it was one of their... It was in their first month of opening, for sure. Mm-hmm. It was very new. But that was also Mardi Gras on the island, and um, I don't really Crazy. remember a whole lot yeah. of Devil in the Deep. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to go back when I'm more <laughs> cognizant. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe also drinking with more moderation now. <laughs> but Or with supervision. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. We made some great contacts. We have some super exciting stuff that I'm not going to even tease yet until we have some yeah, cause it's like, things in the works and some yeah. dates set and all that. But it's some really, really cool stuff for us that's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, we met some great people in mm-hmm. the break between the two of us and made some more connections. Mm-hmm. Um, some collaborations coming up in several different areas. Uh, and I don't know, I, we're working with another kind of or another beer group um i think they've started a podcast now too once i i think so we'll plug it eventually but um we're working on like a meetup mm-hmm. in the new year so just know that we're like doing the thing <laughs> we just haven't been able to record <sighs> yeah um between time and yeah just shit happening <laughs> yes there's been a lot of that <laughs> it's been a lot <laughs> jeez yeah uh so yeah I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, it's, it's cool. But in the meantime... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can... In the meantime... In the meantime, <laughs> I'm, like, stretching my arms around all the things that 
have been happening. So mm-hmm. beyond the Eureka Heights Black Friday, what you what what you been up to like beer wise? Um, not really a whole lot. I don't think. I mean. I've done a couple brash trips, mm-hmm. done a couple uh, other Eureka Heights trips. I had that snickerdoodle. Mm-hmm. I think it was a golden ale. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried that. That was really good. Um, there were a couple of those out, and I was shocked at how not sweet they were, mm-hmm. and pleasantly. Like, I really liked that. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, cinnamony and, like, yeah. light and refreshing and nice. Yeah, it was really Yeah. Nice. And then a couple uh, Buffalo Bayou trips. To the new place? Yeah. Yeah, that's really rad. A street skate that ended at uh, Flying Saucer. Nice. With yeah, just a couple. I know we've. I know I've been to Eureka Heights about fifteen times in the <laughs> last two months. So yeah, it's a nice spot. I mean, good beer and like yeah. just an enjoyable atmosphere. Yeah. Cool neighborhood. Yeah. Like it's just a. It's an easy spot to get to. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's one of my one of my favorite. Yeah, they just have nice standard beers, too, mm-hmm. which is nice. Like, it's not, they're not overly gimmicky. They have a few that are like that, but they're well done, and mm-hmm. and, and you can just get, like, a good cream ale or yeah. a good stout that's not anything too crazy, which I appreciate. Yeah, and they have fun events. They had, like, a miniature golf tournament yeah. that, yeah, they do a lot that we did, um, and we did it on skates. Yeah, they have a lady brewer I want to talk to, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's a bunch of them down south too. Um, Texas, yeah. Le- not Texas, uh, Galveston Bay uh-huh. has a female brewer. I got to meet and talk with her. What was cool about Galveston Bay is we got there, I guess, pretty early in the day, mm-hmm. so n- no one was there. Oh, nice. So we just hung out with the their head brewer and talked beer. And then the lady brewer showed up and hung out with us too. And like she was super excited. I'm looking cool. forward to hearing from her. But um, I met. Uh, Teresa, the co-owner of Fetching Lab, mm-hmm. and she had a bunch of really cool stuff to say, and I would love to have her join us at some point. Mm-hmm. I met some other lady beer podcasters. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been an eventful. Yeah, that you, trip in particular was very that eventful. was a busy trip. Yeah, and then there are female brewers at um, Texas Beer Refinery as well. In mm-hmm. fact, their staff is majority female, which is oh cool was fascinating to me. Yeah, <laughs> there's some. Um, yeah, that whole that whole place is mostly run by ladies. I haven't been down there. I need to go oh, down man. there. Now yeah, that my car is fixed, I think I can. I got to try their black IPA. Ugh, it was Wait, really that's good. not what we're calling it anymore. Cascadian Dark Ale. There you go. Yeah, but everybody else is calling it a black IPA. Well, <laughs> Cascadian Dark Ale sounds way so cooler. It's so much more epic. And it's, it's just not the same as an IPA. They don't yeah. taste the same. Mm-hmm. They're not... Like, didn't we decide that's what we're going to brew next? A Cascadian Dark Ale? Yeah. I would love to. I think that's what we talked about brewing Yeah, next time Yeah, we yeah. want to brew. Oh, we did the great beer tasting. The beer fridge clean out. Oh, God. How did we forget about that? How did we forget about that? Jeez. Yes. I got to go back through Untapped to see what we drank. Um, yeah, so my dad had collected all these beers. They were in this... It was an old like ice machine from a gas station that my dad cut the side off of and put like a little AC unit, like a window unit in to keep it kind of a constant comfortable mm-hmm. temperature. And at one point my mom and I went through it and kind of inventoried it and made a list. And then we went back and did it again and 
We had the pumpkin spice latte yep. from Buffalo Bayou 2015. Okay. The f- Fun Fun 007 Bourbon Barrel Hellfighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the creme brulee from Southern Tier. Yep. At uh, in the 2013 of those. Mm-hmm. We had an Endeavor that was old. I just it didn't give me a year option. Yeah, it didn't so have I a. I don't think it had a year on it. Yeah, we did the Black Metal Imperial from Jester King 2011. Mm-hmm. We were really reaching back, you guys. Mm-hmm. We tried the Fun Series um, number two Fragile, which would be even older than. The 007, mm-hmm. which all of those were, I like early 2010s at least. Um, so the last one I checked in was the Fragile. Okay. We really, I mean, we opened maybe six or so, uh, which think... doesn't seem like a lot, but, but it oh, was. and then you and I had before that we had opened another one. Oh, we had or that um, Rogue. Yeah, Scott a little jail bitty one that was not, not good. good. Yeah, because <laughs> who knows how old it was. So that's the thing about the the great beer fridge cleanout. It's going to be a process. Yeah, and, and some of that stuff is it's, is it's a past shoot. It's, yeah, it's very pa- past its prime. It's been yeah. there for a long time. Yeah, and we're just kind of. I mean, there's it's only things that, I mean, there's not like anything in there that wouldn't age, but some of the stuff has been aging for too long. I think, and it yeah. might just be. Yeah, I mean, they have a prime, right? There yeah. really comes a point where beer can't, shouldn't it's not gonna go age bad. Indev- indefinitely. Yeah, yeah, it's not like it's going to make you sick, but it's not going to It's not going to taste, taste very good, good anymore. Yeah. And for all kinds of reasons. You know. We definitely reached way, way back. Oh, yes, we and did. It was in our Instagram story. That's worth following. Oh, yes, giving us it a was. Follow on we Instagram. put it all on the story. That's right. But it was a whole party. We had a bunch of people. We had a bunch of people together and sharing. We had food, and mm-hmm. it was great. It was a really good time. Yeah, it was fun. Anyway, all right. So, shall we get to um, the heart of the episode? Sure. Are there more adventures to talk about that we haven't? Who knows? Probably. Yeah, I can't remember if the like we were talking about Christmas lights and yeah. like what you would drink walking around. Yeah. Because I, I think that's an. I would actually be really interested to hear from anybody listening, like what what their drink of choice would be, beer or not. Although yeah. I would be interested in beer, but um. Like, what would it be if you were walking around and it was kind of chilly out, you're all bundled up, and you're looking at Christmas lights with friends or loved ones? Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what would you be drinking? That'd be cool to know. All the beer. Yeah, right? Just anything. <laughs> anything. But if we're talking about seasons and cold weather, and that beer is a is such a seasonal drink, um, let's get to our topic. What is our topic? Our topic is winter warmers. Winter warmers. Yeah. So like blankets? I didn't. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> really nice shawls. Um, I could take. I didn't actually know that winter warmer was a style, like a sub style all its own. Hmm. Um, because well, a, you don't see them that often, and I just I thought winter warmer referred to something like some some characteristic of a type of beer. Yeah, kind of? or was like a just a general catch all name, you know, like. I don't know why it didn't click to me. I guess I didn't see enough of them labeled as style winter warmer. It's mm-hmm. usually like the name winter warmer. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that that was just like a conventional name or maybe it was a reference to something in pop culture or something that I just didn't get. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know. Um, so when I put out on Facebook or something, like what are people drinking now that the weather's changing? And one of our friends posted all the winter warmers she could get her hands on. 
And I was like, okay, cool. Southern Star makes a winter warmer. And I, another brewery in town, and I'm going to lie because I don't remember what it was, but it may have been Copperhead. Somebody mm-hmm. um, also makes a winter warmer. And I was just like, cool. I thought she was referring to a specific beer that mm-hmm. only comes out this time of year or whatever. And then I started looking into it and realized, no, it's like its own style. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. So I wanted to do some research on it and learn a little bit about it. Okay. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. Uh, I, I just had a couple of, of sources because, frankly, it seems like the style, quote-unquote style, is kind of new and it's very American. It's based on some English strong ales, I think. But um, it's it's unique to this. And I was really trying to find, like, timeline. When did winter warmers pop up? Mm-hmm. Where did they come from? What are they made of? And it's it's kind of hard to pin pin it down. Mm-hmm. And like with so many styles, and we're talking IPAs or whatever, it can vary widely. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I get into the characteristics, I, I thought it was interesting while I was thinking through this, I'm such a seasonal drinker, which we've talked about mm-hmm. repeatedly, um, that the opening to this, uh, let's say it was a food and wine article called what is a winter warmer um they the first line in it is a lot has been made about beer and food pairings over the past few years however traditionally beer is not paired with meals but with weather uh different beers for different seasons and i was like yeah that resonates i get that Mm -hmm. you can totally pair it with food that's not to knock that Mm -hmm. as an idea but yeah it's always been about time of year about harvest periods about weather and how our bodies like or how we like kind of look for something else in certain in different seasons mm-hmm. um and and beer is so uniquely positioned in the world of fermented beverages to be seasonal because you can turn it over so fast mm-hmm. right like you can make it with the seasons um unlike wine and, and things like that can be harder to to do that uh so like we go from these lighter fruitier um, easy drinking kind of beers in summertime, and we sort of gradually move our way into darker, heavier, boozier beers. And winter warmers mm-hmm. are in this kind of in between, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not exactly fall beers. You know, you have your pumpkins and yams and hold things on, like hold that. On, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We just had a cat attack the laptop. Okay, we're back. Cool. Cat attack. <laughs> Some technical she, difficulties. You know, she doesn't, you know, she, she's like warm. Yeah. And she wants to stand on it. So, so we right. move from the fall seasonals into sort of winter. Like winter, I, you know, for the different parts of the world, it's different. Obviously, Texas doesn't experience a deep winter mm-hmm. or anything. I think that for most people, fall lasts through November. And then winter kind of sets in in December and January, especially January and February are those winter months. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading another article that, of course, as usual, all these will be cited in our, our show notes and on our blog posts and everything. But uh, one of them was like kind of almost in defense of the Christmas ale. Um, so there, it's kind of a challenge with winter warmers because they come out at the same time as Christmas ales. And the idea, okay, let me backtrack and kind of keep things in some sequential order let's talk about what a winter warmer is okay sort of what defines it okay it's an ale it's usually brown in color amber brown in color um maybe a little a little hazy in appearance Mm -hmm. uh and it's 
main characteristics are a, a huge malt bill, like a big, strong, malty background, and or like backbone, and then uh, usually like a spice, mm-hmm. you know, something spicy, something seasonal, um, whether that's a cinnamon or a nutmeg or whatever that looks like. It's totally up to the brewer. And then uh, a heavier ABV, thus the warmer part. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you move into the scotches and the, you want to have those like really boozy kind of warm you up from the inside types of drinks. Mm-hmm. And so they usually range from the, the, the range that I was given was like a, a five and a half, which is still essentially a session, but it's like moving up just above session to like eight, maybe even up into 11, but, but usually still single digits. So mm-hmm. they're not going to like really rev you up but they're just a little boozier they just hit a little stronger mm-hmm. there are some that I, I found that call themselves winter warmers that are in the like 11 percent but i think then you start reaching into like scotch ales or stouts and you start moving into like the heavier boozier drinks so winter warmers i, I mean that's really kind of it it's it is a brown super malty maybe a little sweet but balanced by spices mm-hmm. Um, and, and because it's, it is sort of distinctly an American, it, it's still hopped a little bit. Not, you don't taste it. You still get the malt. I think a lot right. of American brewers sort of try to balance the malt with hops, but, um, it's, it's still a very malt forward beer, which makes it one that I really enjoy. Cause mm-hmm. that's kind of what I like in my beers. Still not too sweet. So mm-hmm. it's like this really nice balance between the lighter, you know, your transitioning seasons, right? So kind of lighter beers, clean finishes, that sort of thing mm-hmm. to slightly heavier, Bigger flavor profile, bigger booze content, but still, like, still not going to fill you up in one. Right. If that makes sense. So that's our winter warmer. Okay. The the thing that gets a little tricky is, like, where does it compare to, like, a Christmas ale? Because Christmas ales come out, and they're also, like, seasonally spiced. And I find Christmas ales, as far as I can tell, are, are maybe even lighter. They don't have to be brown, right? You can pour mm-hmm. a Christmas ale, and it might be a little amber, or a little yeah. honey, or a little, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, the one I've had, <clears throat> the only one I've had this year so far was very, like, amber and transparent. Yeah. Yeah, and they just have, like, a lot of that Christmas spice, whatever yeah. that is to the brewer and whatever combination. Um, I feel like the warmers are maybe a little less spiced. The Christmas ales may be a little heavier. Mm-hmm on the spice but the malt bill is just a lot heavier christmas ales can be hopped to shit if people want to Mm -hmm. like it can really be just whatever people want it to be Mm -hmm. um it's just that seasonal kind of blend i was reading one article yeah the um it was the differences between christmas beer and winter warmers uh the christmas ales have maybe a less like heavy malt profile so maybe not as sweet or not as like malty doesn't have to be sweet although it, it, it it tends to yeah but it doesn't have to be like sickly sweet, yeah, right? It's just like always. that, that yeah. grainy kind of sweetness. Um, and I believe it was a she that wrote the article was like, you know what? Hold your winter warmers for January. Enjoy the Christmas ales first, or mm-hmm. whatever. But I was just fascinated by this as a style because it does appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a case, or not case, a six pack of Twenty First Amendments. Like I think they called it a Christmas ale, but it was listed in almost all the lists of winter warmers Mm -hmm. and I actually found it to be too hoppy and not malty enough to Mm -hmm. fall into kind of what this was Mm -hmm. what this was talking about um anyway there it is I think you can get them they're pretty ubiquitous Mm -hmm. you can find it somewhere if you want to try that one out but uh southern star has a winter warmer that's pretty good I do think it's copperhead but 
of Theon. Okay. Um, I think this is a great style to do side-by-sides. Like, because yeah. it can vary so much. It's just kind of up to the brewer. But the, the thing that I was most interested in is where does this come from? I only really saw one article reference, like, a base style being, like, an English strong ale. Mm-hmm. Um, being sort of the inspiration for the winter warmer. But I couldn't find, like, when did they start? How were they... Only one article related it back to, well, I saw, again, two different dates. One was, like, 1970-something, and one said mid-1980s mm-hmm. in the Pacific Northwest. There was a subsect of brewers that were doing these styles, but they were they were pretty narrow styles. Like, mm-hmm. it was a very specific color, grain bill, like, uh, seasoning kind of thing happening. But it was a number of breweries in the Pacific Northwest, and they called them winter warmers because mm-hmm. of the heavier ABV. And I, I mean, I think that over the years, we just take everything to extremes. So like, ABVs have gotten heavier and heavier and whatever. So um, they were pretty narrow in style at the time. They were similar but different from Christmas ales, which made them more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, they fell out of style, like... It so often happens when hops took over everyone's interest. Mm-hmm. And the timeline sort of fits for me because that's sort of when IPAs became, like, mid-70s, 80s became the thing, like the West Coast IPA and mm-hmm. and all that. So winter warmers had had its heyday, and then they just sort of disappeared. And mm-hmm. that also tracks because, honestly, I haven't even seen many of them. This year, I've seen the most that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Because I think... We are at a place where hops are no longer... They are still king, but they're no longer the only thing people are looking yeah. at. Like, they're yeah. they're really trying to get back to Style. a profile. Like, a yeah, yeah having, like, a range mm-hmm. in your beers and then doing these styles, these kind of classic or whatever styles mm-hmm. well, but with a new twist and, and getting back into some more experimentation that don't involve, like, an extreme yeah. level of hoppiness. Yeah. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. I really thought it would throw way, way back. I thought that I'd have, like, more history to draw from. Yeah. And, and it seems, and maybe I'll find something later that I'll have to correct myself on, but that it's kind of a uniquely American mm. idea. Came out of Portland, essentially. Okay. And has taken on a new life now and sort of fits into that Christmas ale genre, but with, like, more heft. Have cool. you had any winter warmers? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm so bummed I don't have one for us yeah. to taste. I mean, I'm we'll sure I've one had later. one. I'm, I'm sure I've had one before, but probably didn't realize it was its specific style. Right. Just that it was. That's what they called it. Yeah. Um, but I would imagine yeah. there are beers that would probably fit into the style, but so it's not a recognized style. I guess I should. Yeah. Be very clear about that. GABF doesn't recognize it. It's it's not, um, yeah, it's not there. And I don't think it would be until uh, unless some real defined qualities started to exist around mm-hmm. it because it's still pretty out there and open. There's just this loosely kind of yeah. This is sort of what it is. Um, so people can call it that even if it doesn't fit certain guidelines. Of course, people do that all the time anyway. But um, is that the one from Twenty Fourth Century? Yeah, Fireside Chat. That's it. See, I guess I kind of envision them being a little smoky, and that's not something that I 
enjoy. And that wasn't a quality that I've gotten out of any of them that I've had. I have had this one, Jubilea from Deschutes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but not recently. Kind of classic one. Yeah. Sorry, I looked up um, the, like, ten best winter warmers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, read them off. Um, winter Solstice Seasonal Ale from Anderson Valley Brewing Company. Who's no longer... Didn't they sell? I think they sold very recently. Uh, This article might be old. I mean, they would include it anyway, I would imagine. If Deschutes is in there and stuff. Uh, This, well, this article is from December 2016. Mm. It's on vinepair.com. Oh, yeah. Um, The second one is uh, 21st Amendment's Fireside Chat. Uh, Sweetwater's Sweetwater Festive Ale. Harpoon Winter Warmer from mm-hmm. Harpoon. Uh, say that word. Schlafly Christmas Ale. There you go. Schlafly. Uh, but see, it calls itself a Christmas Ale. Uh-oh. Yep, it does. This is Orange Peel Ginger Root Cloves. I envision cloves are going to be in pretty yeah, much sometimes. anything that's going to call itself a Christmas Ale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then honey. Oh, nice. Um, oh, they're in Pittsburgh. Oh, no, that's the next one. Uh, something called Snow Melt Winter Ale from East End Brewing Company in Pittsburgh. Nice. Jubilee from Deschutes. The label's pretty on that one. Mm-hmm. All Spice and Toffee. Ooh. Ooh, that actually sounds really good. Strong aromas of allspice and toffee with a dry palette of coffee and chocolate. Uh, Fire Island Frozen Tail Ale from Fire Island Beer Company. Christmas Ale from Sly Fox Brewing Company, and 12 Dogs of Christmas Ale, Thirsty Dog. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I'm only familiar. Well, I've had Jubilee Ale as well, Mm -hmm. but it has been a long time. Um, But Fireside Chat is the one I had. And honestly, like I said, I didn't love it. It didn't have enough malt for Mm -hmm. me, at least not for what I was looking for out of a beer like that. And it didn't have enough of the spice either. It felt a little too hopped, and I, I lost a lot of the other flavors in there. So I didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much. Okay. But, uh, like I said, there are a handful around town who make winter warmers. And... I'll have to keep an eye out for one. I don't I don't know that in my adventures I've seen one lately. Yeah. But I'll keep an eye out. It's. It, I wouldn't say it's a very popular style. Mm-hmm. I've just noticed it more lately. And maybe it's because it's one of those, those things where because I'm aware of it, now mm-hmm. I just notice it more. It probably was always there, just not something I was aware of. Mm-hmm. It could be. It's a fun little jaunt into yeah. some random sub-style that is, yeah. I think, maybe still figuring itself out. Probably. Or maybe it's just a, maybe it just becomes kind of a term that's used for a very, very general yeah, I would... subset of beer that doesn't fit other specific criteria. Yeah, like they just call it seasonal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a good, like, catch-all. Right, when you're seasonal. just not sure. <laughs> yeah. Or other i do love a seasonal beer yeah we're gonna drink one we're gonna drink one um i got this the other day at the big downtown specs um from martin house from martin house um is what is that erebus oh no it's just Erebus. erebus it is a scotch barrel aged imperial stout with coffee heck yeah and Martin House does this thing, and I think it's kind of cool, is rather than doing big 22-ounce bombers, they do two 16-ounce cans in a box. 
Yeah. So that you can, you don't have to drink it all at once. Um, you get a cool box art. Mm -hmm. The box art on this is pretty awesome. And the can art is... can art's rad. ...is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and... Now, I think that is a neat little packaging option. You get to have two, um... And even the can is a good sharer, mm-hmm. since it's a 13 It's 13%. It yeah. has, oh, it has a brewed on date of August 26th nice. of 2019. Um, it says, this Imperial Stout was brewed with Brazil Fazenda Porto uh, something coffee beans, <laughs> Allegri coffee beans, from our friends at Evoca Coffee Roasters. Uh, aged three to five months in scotch barrels. Nice. 100% unblended. I don't know what they mean by that. So no other beers involved? So, like, sometimes, it's my understanding with other alcohols, they can call something barrel-aged if they add just, like, a drop of something barrel-aged to it. Um, This is fully barrel-aged. And I'm guessing, just based on other... Like, I did a tour... I guess it's something that I've done since... since we had our last episode, I toured a distillery for Bayou Rum, mm. um, which is in Louisiana. It's one of my favorites. Their spiced rum is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have this, like, coffee liqueur rum. Oh, my God. Mm. It's so good. Um, but that was something that I didn't know, and I think that that extends to most industries. If you blend even just a tiny bit of a bourbon barrel-aged something, you can call it barrel-aged, okay. even though most of it's not aged. Interesting. And so I would make a... I would, I'm taking a guess that what they that, mean is it's not blended with anything else. That is purely barrel-aged beer. legit. Yeah. I like this. It, it has, like, a little chart on the can that That's gives really all cool. the specs. It's got... It's super easy to read. It calls itself yeah. out. It tells you it's a 13.1% ABV. Original gravity is, is 21.2. I don't know what that means yet. We're going to research that and figure all that stuff out. 48 IBUs. Uh, brewed on August 26th. And on the bottom, it says canned on December 6th. Nice. So this thing's like two weeks old. Yeah, yeah. They don't have a best buy date, but I guess it's the kind of beer that can age, so it's it's not necessary to put yeah. that date on it. Um, I, I did really love see it when they somewhere... give a, like, good to age, or best aged for a year or two years. Or it says like on the side of it, for cellaring purposes, store refrigerated. Oh, interesting. Which is handy, is because handy. I would not have put this in the refrigerator to no. store it. Me either. Um, That's smart. But, Yeah. And their their labels and their can't like I don't know they if have you that can matte it's like matte yes yeah. it feels so nice it is nice and um have you been to their brewery in no, Fort Worth they have all this art on the walls oh that's and cool it's, it's beautiful yeah I, I like their brewery it's a cool spot it's on my list to check out when I go up there um whenever that happens definitely I have should. family up kind of that way oh. so okay. I may as well stay the night and check out some places yeah. while I'm up there Martin House is right <clears> into like downtownish Fort Worth um. Get a jar of pickles. Oh, yeah. I really want... I really do want some of those. Yes, get some um, pickles. And I love Fort Worth. Downtown Fort Worth is adorable. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's one of my favorites. But I would still like to... And I know they're not independent anymore, but I want to go to Revolver. Because I... I mean... I do think they've changed their blood and honey a mm-hmm. bit, which is such... It's just another one of those heartbreaking things where mm-hmm. I'm like... I, I loved that beer so much. I still like it, though. But um, I really like their Bach and... I would just like to check out their space because yeah. I hear it's cool. Yeah, why not? Um, there are a handful of others up there. I mean, you know, I can only do so many in a day, but right. Uh, but yeah, 
So that, that'll be a good excuse, too. And I do want some of those pickles. I really do. Yeah, well, bring back extra. Oh, man. I had a salty, like, Goza um, ghost ship. Goza, maybe, from Galveston Bay. That was so freaking good. Really? Oh, it was so good. Look, I mean, not to knock Martin House. I don't love all their shit. I like some of it. It's Some of it's really good. Some of it's okay. Some of it's... I finally had the pickle beer for the first time. Okay. Um, just very recently. I would personally say that I like Texas Beer Refinery's pickle beer better because it's balanced, whereas mm-hmm. Martin House is a straight... Pi- you're just drinking pickle juice. Which yeah. is cool. I like pickle juice, but yeah. you're just drinking pickle juice. It was juice. <laughs> super pickle juice. It was just pickle juice. Yeah, that's <laughs> With some was. carbonation and alcohol, like, that was it. Yeah. Um... But, uh, wait, what was my point? I got really distracted oh, the myself. Oh, the Yes. The ghost the ship. The ship goes up. Uh, so, Imperial Salty Lady is good for Martin House. You even have the shirt. It's a little salty. I am. I, I um, am wearing my Martin. I didn't even think about yeah, that this the morning. The Salty Lady is a, it's what, a double, it's an Imperial, anyway, sour. Um, so it's kind of heavier on the malt and it's nice and briny and it's, it's, it's good. I like it. Um, but the ghost ship goza was perfection. Mm perfect it was just the right amount of salty mm-hmm. it's a goza so there's tart but the salty really overpowers the tart just right though like you get the the that tart fruit note mm-hmm. but the salt really kind of keeps it smooth and easy mm. so there's just a little briny pucker but nothing intense oh my god it is so good okay i really wish they okay. had had a crowler option mm-hmm. to take with me but okay. man so good. Anyway. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> Welcome back. It's already recording. Oh, great. It's okay. been recording the whole... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the whole time. Yes. Okay, so we went and had lunch. Yeah. <laughs> some coffee. And bought, had, some bought some books. <laughs> and now we're going to finish. Um, we need some food in our stomachs before we started and now we can say it is afternoon when we're having our first beer yeah not that breakfast beers aren't a thing no totally a thing just uh it makes us feel less bad exactly if we don't start drinking before noon unless it's like exactly. a mimosa or something oh yeah yeah of course brunch drinks are totally brunch different drinks are fine <laughs> there's like vitamins and stuff and orange juice it's fine there's vitamins and no there's not I don't know. There are actually, and there's some like antioxidant qualities to some beers, and there's like and there's probiotic. water. It's like fermentation, you know, probiotic. Water. Yeah, water. Hydration, man. Yeah. Shall I open it up? Yeah. Because we talked about it already. Yeah, we. It's got a thing on the back talking about Erebus, one of the primordial gods born from chaos, Ooh. was to the ancient Greeks the personification of darkness badass very nice it's hard to tell because our glasses are iridescent i know you have to look at it from (laughs) i i only could tell because i was pouring it at the time all right so we've poured it up we are using iridescent glasses so it is hard to see but when i poured it it is a very dark beer Mm -hmm. i would say it's opaque look i mean oh yeah even without the glass i mean it poured up with this deep brown chocolatey head to Mm -hmm. it that's lovely smells so good you definitely get the scotch yeah but it doesn't smell boozy for the sake of being boozy though like Mm -mm. no no i would agree with you there it it doesn't like you get the scotch notes not the alcohol yeah yeah although 
like I'm covering put, it. Yeah, covering it for a minute and then smelling, you get more of the booze. Oh, yeah, I just totally hit myself <laughs> in the teeth with my glass. Uh, so mm. we don't have our tasting sheets in front of us. We're gonna wing it because it's prepared. We're just, we're just getting back into the swing of it. <laughs> we're prepared. So we've talked about color, smell. I get some like chocolateiness to I it. Get... There's a roasted scent there. I'm sure that's from the coffee. Probably coffee. Yeah. I don't get coffee necessarily. No. It's more chocolate and roasted. But notes, I did just like... drink a coffee, so maybe I need to drink oh, some water. Okay. Maybe lots of that scotch. It's it's getting boozier. The smell. I'm sure as it warms up, that'll that'll change too. We might have poured it up a little colder than is ideal. You can have some of that if you oh, want. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. I would say it's not too cold. No. Um, mm. But wow. I don't even, like that first sip I can't even really categorize because holy shit. That's a I'm lot. I'm getting a lot of like toastiness face. and like roasty. A lot of scotch. Mm-hmm. Like I'm getting that burn in my throat mm-hmm. like you get with scotch. Like. <clears throat> yeah. Ooh. Ooh. That is a full bodied what did you say experience. before it has legs yeah yeah that is one i would never drink a whole one of Mm-mm. i don't think i could i couldn't i get a ton of the coffee bitters on yes. my tongue mm-hmm. like there's a whole lot of that like once yeah. the scotch cleans yeah. out mm-hmm. almost to the point that i'm losing some of the other stuff like i have to pay attention right as i take that sip because then that lingers so long that i get some of that toasted mm-hmm. um that toasted flavor Roasty, toasty. <clears throat> yeah. That is an intense drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say it it's probably colored by the fact that I'm not a huge fan of whiskeys and scotches. And mm-hmm. um, it's a pretty rare occasion that that's what I'm in for. And usually it's a, with a mixer anyway. Yeah. Like, I can enjoy a whiskey mixed drink mm-hmm. just fine. Yeah. Whiskey straight's not. Yeah. it down. Yeah. Has to be pretty exceptional. Ooh. Fuck. I don't even know what to say about this. I'm glad it comes in two cans. Yeah. Because I don't think if we'd have cracked open a bomber this, we'd be finishing it. Oh, no. I'm not even sure if I'll finish this half a cup. Half a can, yeah. (laughs) Or, yeah, half a can. Um, So, because we don't have our tasting sheets, uh, there's lots of things we're not talking about, like phenols and all that kind of stuff. But, like, so, let's think through flavor profiles. Fruitiness. What's weird is that I did kind of get, and I, I think it may be the coffee, because like some coffees can have berry flavors, mm-hmm. almost like a sour berry flavor, and I actually did get some of that on that second sip, yeah. like around the edges of the, my tongue <clears throat> in the back. Yeah. I, I noticed that, and I was like, what the hell is that? Is there a berry in this? But then it, I'm realizing that could be the coffee. Yeah. But again, I mean, maybe they didn't use that kind of coffee, and it's like an, a, a play between the scotch and the coffee, but I mm-hmm. did get a kind of sour berry something happening yeah that's so that's just so many different flavors yeah there's a lot happening there wow i do get a sourness like a mm-hmm. yeah and I, maybe it's this guy i don't know maybe it's, it's kind of like my palate is not that refined so plummy or something almost yeah i could see that yeah some kind of sour fruit sort of yeah, it's really interesting. I'm just going to go just, with, yeah. like, how yeah. would you just overall describe the beer and then, like, your kind of personal take on it? Hairy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I would I would give you that. Hairy. Um, That's a good one. I think it is probably something that 
somebody would traditionally say that's a man's beer yeah um, put hair on your chest kind yeah, of thing yeah one of those that's yeah it is a it's very thick it's very mouth coating yep it, so in our in our I'm thinking through the tasting sheet a little bit it mm-hmm. lingers for a long time it yeah. doesn't go away and it kind of builds up yeah well every time I take a sip it's a little bit different yes a minute ago I took a sip and I got a lot of that kind of sweet fruitiness and this last time it was so bitter like like coffee bitter like coffee beans covered in really bitter dark chocolate yeah the yeah. bitterness like almost that mouth drying bitterness yeah yeah I can I totally see that but I didn't get that a minute ago with the last sip that I took so it's very it's 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 warming Very up some weird. too, yeah. so those bitter notes come out stronger as it warms up. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I almost wanted to say it was sweet, but like, I don't know. There's so much bitter to it; it's hard to say. Like sugary sweet. Yeah, <clears throat> it's that that scotch sweet. Um, yeah, the the bitter is like coating the back of my throat. Mm-hmm. More so than it burns on the way down. A little bit. I'm not getting a lot of burn, but no. I'm getting a lot of bitter. Oh, man. It really coats the tongue. <laughs> I would say, like, just personal feelings on it. Is it a bad beer? No. Is it one that I would just, like, want to have around to sip? No. No, it's definitely not uh, a keep this in your in your stash for after work beer. Oh, yeah. No, no, definitely not. And it would be a sharer. It this was, is it's absolutely one I would keep. a sharer. Yeah. yeah. Even in can form, I, yes. would, I would have it to share. Yes. It's definitely a sip it by the sniffer kind of. I kind of wish there was two other people that we could share this I can with. I fully agree. Absolutely. Was it a 12 ounce can? Right? Yeah, because you don't want to take it in gulps. This no. Is a, this is a tiny sip kind of beer. Yeah, yeah. And I, the thing is, I, I enjoy like heavy imperial mm-hmm. stouts and Me too. things like that. So And bourbon barrel aged and any barrel aged. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure this is one I would add to my list of to to have again yeah or to like seek out right yeah i was intrigued by just the description of it the scotch barrel aged imperial stout with coffee because that sounds like something that i would yeah enjoy and i don't not like this beer like right no no i get it um it's not bad although that last sip i just had i have you know like um how scotches and whiskeys clear you feel in yeah. your nose. Mm-hmm. I just felt that in my nose. Oh, weird. I haven't yeah. had that happen yet. Yeah, for sure. That was... Oh, this is strange. <laughs> so, I would say, if you're super into scotch and bitter coffee, uh, this would be an excellent beer for mm-hmm. you. It's not that it's... It's not a bad it's a... beer. It's really just about, like, what would I want to just have to sip. Yeah. And this is an, this is intense. Yeah. And honestly, I, I saw it and I was like, I love their oh, the can, their can art and the box art. And, and the story behind the name is cool. Yeah. It's very goth. And I'd never seen it anywhere else. Um, so I was like, I'm going to try this because I have liked other things from Martin House that have been kind of unique. Mm-hmm. And I have another um, toucan box. Right. Of a different beer. The sherry yeah, aged yeah. blonde nice. or something. I don't remember. Kind of dulls me. I would say Martin House for me is a hit or miss brewery because because they do play with flavor so much mm-hmm. and they they can be so out there. 
Um, they have a Pilsner mm. that I absolutely love. There's that. Yeah, you got it? Yep. <laughs> that burn in your nose? Yep. <laughs> I saw your face. That was great. <laughs> We're ready for that. Um, yeah, I, like, they have a Pilsner that I think is delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great for what, what I used it for, which was sitting around the lake and yeah. the heat of summer. It was lovely. Um, and I, I, but I, I do feel like when they do the strong flavors, they tend to go to a level that I'm not as interested in. Mm-hmm. I just like a balance in my beer. Yeah. Unless it's a, okay, if it's a pastry stout and I'm really feeling that, fuck it, whatever. It's going to be what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> but one of the reasons that I enjoy, like, some of the St. Arnold stuff and some of the prairie stuff, not all, but some, um, is that they do find a balance between these really off-the-cuff, off-the-wall flavors and still being beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find Martin House sometimes goes to a, a degree that I sort of lose the beer part, mm-hmm. and it just becomes whatever. Like the pickle one, not knocking it, I enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. would absolutely drink it again. But as far as like pickle and beer, and I wanna, I just wanna it. I wanna balance. Yeah. I wanna also feel like I'm drinking beer. Yeah. This doesn't. I'm not saying this um, doesn't feel like drinking beer. This one does. It's just a really intense beer. Um. But it's interesting, Martin House is certainly a, a Texas favorite, mm-hmm. and I think it's because people like weird shit. I do too, like we've talked about that before, but um, but they can really be yay or nay. Mm-hmm. So I just pulled this up on Untapped. Mm-hmm. It's got a like a 4.23 rating. The top flavor profile tags are coffee, barrel age, roasty, strong, and chocolate. Yeah, that bitter chocolate's there yeah. for sure. I really do get some sour berry thing. Maybe it's just my palate. But yeah. There's something there that's yeah faint and or it, maybe not berry, maybe fruit. But like either way. Yeah. Um. That's hmm. interesting. Well, hmm. cheers to them. They yeah. always make something different. Well, it's they're also they're and... also the brewery that had the uh, um menthol yeah, and, and squid, squid ink. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Remember you talking about And they about had that the, the snow cone. Yeah, I tried those. I wasn't they were very it. sweet. Yeah, it was too much. So. Too much. But like yeah. I said, they're Pilsner. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Um, I've had a couple of other beers from them that I've liked. I'm trying yeah. to think of them off the top of my head. I did try one from them the other night. Uh, it was one I've had in my fridge for, for a while. Months, anyway. Um, that was a Blackberry Sour Imperial something. Whoa. <laughs> it was... It's still sitting on my shelf. I can. I need to check it in. But, man, talk about sour. Yeah? Yeah, yeah it was puckeringly sour. Maybe a little too far to the vinegar side of things. Mm. But it was like a stout. It was like a... Yeah, it was, I think it had the uh, stout in the name. It didn't pour up that dark, though. Anyway, whatever. It was, it was fine. It was good. It was just really sour. Yeah. Um, it does mellow out the warmer it gets, which is... Yeah, helpful. Yeah. It's not as shocking to the palate now that I've had mm-hmm. a few sips. Yeah, they had a really good, um, I don't know if we, did we try the Toadies box lighter? Mm, I feel like we did. I think we drank it. I liked yeah, it. I think so. I, think so. I don't remember. I'd have to, if I checked it in. I've gotten kind of bad about checking things yeah. in. Yeah. I think it My may have trip. been what we drank on our last episode. Yeah. It's funny. I was just listening to an episode of a podcast. It's a, I think it's a pretty major one in the beer world, mm-hmm. although I can't remember the name of it now, but um, 
he had someone on to talk about Untapped, and they were really bashing it pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And I get it. As brewers, like, it's hard to see people. And I am 100% that person who's like, I rate an IPA, and I don't like IPAs. So, like, a good rating for me for an IPA is a three. That means I fucking liked it. I enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. I'll be that person who's like, yeah, you know, I tried it out, but this isn't my thing. I didn't enjoy it. Um, but I always say, you know, I'm not an IPA drinker, so no one... My thinking is, don't take my rating seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't drink IPAs. This is 100% an app that I use for me. Right. I'm tracking Same. my beers. I want to go back and say, have I had that? Yes, I did. Oh, no, I did not like that. Don't get it again. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll get it again, because your palate changes. Right. I've, I've rated some sours in the past, and I've, I've developed more mm-hmm. of a flavor or of a taste for them. So, like, mm-hmm. I'll retry stuff. Yeah. But um, it's it's a very interesting push-pull because brewers look at that and they get mad when they make this beautiful mm-hmm. beer and it has like a three rating and someone says exactly what I do, I don't like IPAs. And I'm just like, sorry, bro, <laughs> or yeah. lady, whoever. I mean, I get it, I really do, but it's for the consumer. This is my library of my beers. Right. What makes me sad, though, in listening to that interview, it was, it was kind of enlightening and then made me feel guilty a little bit. I'll still do it the same way, it doesn't matter. Right. But... Other people, like when they're looking to get into competitions or when they're looking to, people are looking at untapped. Like the people organizing those events are looking at, isn't that crazy? That mm. seems so insane. Don't look at untapped. Those, those are untrained palates. Those are people who yeah. are just drinking beer and want, I'm personally, half of it is competing with a friend of mine. <laughs> like yeah. we're competing to like get check-ins. So like I, man, that really shocked me. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I'm going to keep using it the way I use it. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's shitty that venues or festivals or whatever look at untapped ratings for a brewery to see if that brewery ranks. And I'm just right. like, whoa, no, don't do that because I'm definitely not helping them out there. Right. And I, di- I didn't realize those things. But yeah. that's really unfortunate because consumers don't right. realize those things. Yeah. They don't know. They're just, they're just using an app. I feel like there should be an option where you're like, you can set your thing to like not like add to the rating. Yeah, like, to be, like, private or, like, friends only so that, like, it doesn't count and you can just use it as, like, your beer journal. Yeah. Rather than keeping a beer journal. And I think the thing is... Or maybe we'll just just make an app. You can... Yeah, where it doesn't matter. You can check in a beer and not rate it, but then again, that doesn't help me when I go back to look. Did I like this beer? Is it something I'd have again? I'm going to do some checking in probably today because... I had a couple of beer mails, and I've tried some, and I want to check mm-hmm. them in before I forget whether I liked them or not. But, um, yeah, I just found that very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. They had an interesting conversation about kind of like Twitter verifies people. Mm-hmm. You know, they should probably verify Cicerones or, or beer judges. And have their, yeah. Yeah, and give theirs weight. Like, look at look at the ratings from those people. Right. Not from just Joe Schmo, who's just, who's just checking their shit in for funsies. Like, there's a, I think it's like Rotten Tomatoes has like the critics yeah, rating exactly. and the people's rating. Exactly. And I feel like that would be a good thing for Untapped to have. I fully um, agree with that. That would be, that would be great. Yeah. It does make, it did make me go, huh. Should I not check things in? And then I immediately was like, no, fuck that. This is for me. I'm literally yeah. using it for me. I don't care. The, I don't care what your brewery rating is. It doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't even, I don't look at those ratings right. when I pick out a beer. Right. I think about what styles do I like? What flavor profiles yeah. do I like? What breweries do I know already? And, or that I've heard of? Whatever. Right. I tend to, if I'm, if I'm seeing a beer in a store and I'm like, 
oh, is this some? Is this any good? Is this something? You know, usually it's on the more expensive bombers or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is a one shot. Like you get to drink it once. Right. In this bottle. Um, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth twenty five dollars for this? Right. That may or may not be good. I will go to Beer Advocate or Rate Beer and t- trust that. I don't ever go to Untapped to get a beer. No. The only because... thing I do is, have I had this already? Yeah. That's what I use Untapped for. Yeah. And did I like it? Yeah. I feel like the reviews that you get on, I think Rate Beer is, is the one that I use the most. They're like thought out. They're, yeah, they tell you, they go point by point, yeah. and they're more thought out, and they're usually very long. Yeah. Very descriptive. And they give it like a legit rating. And yeah. I've seen beer, the hang tags at liquor stores that say like Rate Beer. Oh, yeah. Gave this whatever. whatever. Yeah. yeah. I feel like those those ratings should be the ones that are used a little bit more that have some substance rather totally than just agree. like ah two stars yeah. five stars. The untapped thing is really it, it was it was a really interesting conversation. There was a point where and not to knock brewers' experiences, I just started rolling my eyes because it's like I'm sorry you don't like it. It's not for you, or it right. shouldn't be. Like people right. shouldn't be placing that much weight on your untapped rating because yeah. like normal people do not rate this for you they rate it for them it's just a weird it's a it's a weird push-pull and I feel Mm -hmm. bad for brewers who like really take that personally Mm -hmm. because I totally understand right you put your heart and soul into a beer and now someone's trashing it on untapped I just don't think untapped matters that much it's such a but apparently it does yeah that's the thing that was shocking to me is that it is looked at breweries pay like an annual fee to belong to it, but then it kind of seems like their feedback's not really taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. And so here I am still going, man, should I? But I'm still going to check them in because I still mm-hmm. want to know what I've had. I still want to know how yeah. I thought about it. And I'm just not, I unfortunately, no matter how educated I am, I don't care what breweries think about their ratings on Untapped. It's not. Yeah. I don't do it for them. You I do it for me. You do it for you. Yeah. Ooh, sorry. Knocked, God. knocked the table. Making a mess. Not Finish a mess. Making a noise. Um, getting there. Mm-hmm. It's gotten better as it's warm. It's told, yeah. It's gotten warming more mellow. Um, for sure. Warming up has improved it dramatically. This is another thing they talked about on the, mm. the podcast when it came to rating. I am also guilty of, I want to taste your beer, tasted it, checked it in. And it's 100% true that a taster is not going to give you the full experience. Right. Like, drinking at least a half pint. Like. Sure. You need it needs to kind of mellow. It needs to air out. It needs to maybe warm up if it's a stout. It, it mm-hmm. needs those things. Yeah. And your palate needs to kind of kind of acclimate. And yeah. whatever you're drinking, and you take a sip. Of, like if I right. was drinking a 120 minute IPA, and then you switch to and some I, dark I take stout. a sip of this from you, it's gonna taste way different than it should. Way way different for sure. Yeah. And so all the all the points they were making were very accurate, and I was still like. Yeah, I'm still gonna yeah, check I don't it care. In. <laughs> I'm still gonna put it on there. Yeah. Good point. Fair point. I yes, you're so right. Yeah, still I'm gonna still do gonna it. do it. <laughs> so that was an interesting. But but so right. So as we started with the beer prior and now, yeah, it has it has changed. It's, it's, it's a not much as bitter beer. Nope. It doesn't sting as much on the nose. Yes. Yeah. And that I'm could be an acc- a lot more. Uh, acclimatize. How do you say that? Acclimatization. Just acclimation. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Could be that. Yeah. Could be that we're used to it now. Could be that it's warmed up a little and it's mellowed out. Combination of the two. Who knows? Some of that booziness is aired out a little bit. It's still there. It's just although the glass being narrow on the top helps with keep that in. Mm -hmm. No, I get a lot more of the toastiness. Yeah, me too. Roasted. I actually like like it better. A little bit warmer for sure. 
feel it. Yeah, yeah. We've had half of a half of a half can. Half of a half of a can, <laughs> 13%. And we just ate pretzels. I know. I have, a lot, I have a lot of coffee in my system, too, though, so who knows? I do, too. This is just more coffee. <laughs> I'm going to be so wired. I was, like, hot in the hot <laughs> yeah. coffee that I had a minute ago. All the caffeine. Little artificial hot flash. Well, not artificial. You experience it. But, yeah, that, like, whew, rush. Well, I just, I don't normally drink my coffee hot at, at all anyway. Oh, caffeine will just do it to me. Just caffeine oh, and I yeah. get flushed and, like, caffeine doesn't a little do sweaty. It. Um, Glistening. Hot drinks do yeah. to me. Especially if it's not cold, cold, cold. Yeah. So, like, because it's, like, it's nice outside, like, I'm probably going to open my windows. Mm-hmm. Like, fully. I will when I get home, for sure. And then, like be perfectly fine in here with like this blanket over my feet because my feet and get this cold. beer is perfect to pair with that oh yeah absolutely it's definitely a cold weather beer i mean i i've said it before i'm sure i'll say it a billion times i enjoy seasonal drinking yeah i enjoy moving from i used to be the whatever stouts all year round and mm-hmm. yeah i'll still drink a stout in the summer but i'm not gonna prefer it yeah no i wouldn't want to be drinking this God, in no. 100 degrees on the beach no it's a nightmare like i would just <laughs> At the brewery for a half pour would be fine. I mean, that, that's yeah. all I give you anyway. Right. But I wouldn't make a night of or a day of stouts in the summer. I just wouldn't. Not in Texas. No, I think not in here. other parts of the country maybe you Where can. it's not so dramatic. Yeah. But here it's just intense. So, but I also just like that, that you can just move through the season. There's yeah. something about it that's like moving through the seasons with beer is, is enjoyable and fun to me. It, mm-hmm. it does mark a change in seasons to me so when we finally get those like pumpkin beers coming out and mm-hmm. like the fall flavors and then the darker it's just nice it just yeah. follows with everything and yeah i mean i I've, I've i guess i kind of find that my taste wants to kind of not change a lot with the season but i mean i'm not one like i don't know why but this summer i was drinking more like lighter Gosas super and everything the for sure rather than just like an ipa all the time yeah i like branched out well the gosas were super popular they were, this year they were yeah you could find them everywhere whereas yeah. i even last year i don't think that they were this common Mm-mm. like it's there are plenty that have been around for a long time but this year really it really exploded yeah. like they were kind of everywhere yeah and like this this winter and this fall um <clears throat> like I've been wanting more I don't just automatically go to whatever IPA they have on tap right um check out the yeah I kind of see gamut. what else there is and you know I went to dinner with my mom at Buffalo Bayou a few weeks ago it was kind of chilly we were sitting out on the patio on the restaurant nice and the gingerbread stout was like this sounds really good because it's kind of chilly. It's a, wind, a little breezy. Uh-huh. Like it was perfect. Yeah, it's um, nice. And I've been more kind of observant of when I've been eating with like dinner. Like, mm-hmm. what am I eating? Is this gonna go How well? How does it pair with? Yeah. yeah, which I never would have done before. I was just yeah. give me an IPA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, but is I that don't know. Blow I'm out paying... all my senses. Is it gonna? Yeah. yeah. I found myself paying a little bit more attention to, like, the suggested beers oh, that yeah. some, you know, restaurant Yeah, St. Arnold's does a really St. good Arnold's job of that. Yeah. And, and I followed that one time, and I got a beer that I wouldn't normally get. I had the Caesar salad, uh-huh. and I got the um, light, bubbly... The cider? Mm, Cezanne. Oh, yeah. 
I got that with this, and it was so good. Saison, Saison's pair with almost everything. Yeah. But yes, they're but great it, it was with just, that salad, it, that crispy, mm-hmm. like, whiteness. The, yeah. the, the, the Caesar dressing with that, it was just yeah. so good. Yeah. I was like, great. I would not probably have ordered, it was it called Daybreaker? Yeah. Yeah. I probably wouldn't or have. Or Daymaker? Daymaker, something. You're probably right, but yeah. I probably wouldn't have ordered that just if I wasn't eating that, and that had been suggested as right. the pairing. But yeah. it worked, and it was like, oh both of these taste really good and I'm not blown out my taste buds with an IPA. Yep. So I love it. Yay. <laughs> <Running> horizon. <laughs> also I'm like sort of always on a search for I and truly, as much as I like bash IPAs, I'm always on the search for the one that I can enjoy. Uh-huh. I find and I've said it already, um, Imperials I'm much more likely to like. Um mm-hmm. Cascadian Dark Ales. I'm much more likely to enjoy. Yeah. Of course, that's not like a pair with anything kind of beer. There's a double IPA that we got at Specs. Mm-hmm. I think it's Prairie. Mm-hmm. It's in a can. It's got a bright orange and yellow label. It's called Phantasmagoria. It sounds like a Prairie kind of thing. And it's. I mean, it's. It's. It was very good. Yeah. And it was to look out for more it. of the the good maltiness and mm-hmm. less of the hoppiness. So much so that that's what I like. Like it was, it was. We commented on, oh, this is a double, but like you can't hardly taste any hops, but you feel them. That's the beauty of the double. Yes, is so, that you pick up that malt bill and make it just yep. a little less. And bitter. that was what I what I explained, and I was like, yeah, so Yay, that's this we is learned why. things. <laughs> and um, I made a mental note to tell you about it. Yeah, I'll have to check. So, so I picked up a prairie last night. I think we talked about that already, but the um, screenshot. Yeah, the screenshot, and. I didn't get anything else because I was there for the bourbon barrel French press from St. Arnold's. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the next time I'll 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 give that one a shot. I'll look for it. Yeah. And bring it home. It, the way you describe the label, I feel like I saw it. Yeah, yeah that's the label. Nice. Um, it it says low in malt flavors but high in hops. I think it was didn't the opposite. That. Yeah. I didn't experience that at all interesting um, well you know i would say that even um in talking with bill the head brewer at texas beer refinery last mm-hmm. weekend we were talking about the cascadian dark ale thing and and i was just kind of explaining what i like about it mm-hmm. and he even said well we we hop ours pretty strong and i was and i was just thinking i i get the hops for sure yeah but like that roasted flavor comes through so much stronger mm-hmm. and allows the hops to like mellow like be in the background right. a little bit um and i i had just recently tried one a couple weeks prior to that that were that was so hoppy as to be like why even put the malt in there mm-hmm. what do you, you lose all of it why you get you a black f- like color you know but it's not yeah. you just made an actual black ipa not a cascadian dark ale yeah and i feel like it's interesting to me as someone who does not brew though who knows nothing about it to try these different flavors to kind of research it and learn about it mm-hmm. and then try to come at it from that angle and then be like, did you research this beer before you made it? <laughs> Do you know what it's supposed to taste like? Do you know what you're like? doing? <laughs> Which is so <laughs> shitty. But then again, there are plenty of independent brewers who don't. Who yeah. don't. They can yeah. technically brew a beer, but they can't get the, the, the technical basic, part of yeah. it right. You know? Yes. Yeah. So, whatever. Anyway, that was me being bougie. It's okay. But We're I'm around. asking for, like, in beer mail. I'm like, if you can find... A Cascadian Dark Ale, that's send them to me because I want to do. I have maybe three at home now, mm-hmm. and I want to do a side by side. Like I want to open all of them and and taste them all and see like, 
do I actually like them or is the range too wide or is you know what are the things that I get out of it got that nice warm like that warm right belly. here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my shoulders just relaxed and dropped like six inches with like half a can yeah that's a this is this is why they serve it in eight ounce pours at bars and stuff it'll it'll hit you yep that was you know i told you that story about the guy at the bar who was like why do they serve it in different glassware oh, yeah and yeah. i said well you told it on the, the podcast style. yeah mm-hmm. And I was like, and also because they can't serve large quantities of yeah. very strong beers. Yeah, there are rules. <laughs> Finished. All right, here I go. Oh, man. All right, I'm done. Woo, that last sip. Yeah. Um, well, Fury, this has been so fun. Mm-hmm. It's been too long. Mm-hmm. It's nice mm-hmm. to be doing it again. I'm really excited about 2020. Yeah. Are you? Um, I'm on the fence. <laughs> Like generally or about the podcast? No, generally, generally, oh, okay. I was like, generally. Come on. No, the podcast. No, that we've got some really cool stuff. That, I was gonna, like, that... let's talk podcast specific. <laughs> oh, if I was looking at my general outlook on life based on the end of 2019, I really don't have high expectations for 2020. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been a constant it's, it's, onslaught of bullshit. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, yeah it's been really um, rough. Yeah. Um, but we have beer, so yeah. Well, yeah, that that's called alcoholism. <laughs> um, Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean the podcast. I'm I'm excited for the things that that we have in the works. Some of the things you told me about last weekend. Um, one thing in particular. Yeah. Oh man, I know. I, I talk wish about it. We're not I wish talk about we it. could, and I then uh, you guys are gonna love it. It's gonna be really cool. I think that probably you'll hear about it first on our socials, so don't forget to follow them. We're yeah. pretty much everywhere. We technically have a Snapchat that we do not ever use, although for that particular event, that would be a great time to use Snapchat and Instagram and Instagram stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be Arca or in the in the highlights for sure. First, that would have its own highlight. Yes. Yes. Yeah, follow us. It's it's fun. We try to get some interaction with folks. We love to hear from... I really love to hear from people. Mm-hmm. I've gotten some really cool messages um, from folks just randomly mm-hmm. who send us personal messages, some potential like interview opportunities, invites to things, um, feedback, just really cool mm-hmm. feedback. Yeah. Like, it's been nice. Um, shockingly not corrections which i have been expecting so many people <laughs> to be like you were so wrong about this and well do you remember yet, anyway. when we first were starting this and you're like are you ready <laughs> yeah we for all of the criticisms yeah we totally and the corrections yeah. and the people who hate what we're doing yes i was like oh I mean, I, I, we did. We had that conversation because I was fully prepared for, like, that one person to get a hold of it. And we have a very small reach, so who knows? <laughs> that can still happen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, for sure. Really ready for that kickback. Yeah. No, yeah. we've had nothing but... Nothing but good. Awesome feedback and support. Yeah. And, like, friends looking out for us all the time, talking to folks about us. It is maybe the cutest thing when the boyfriend and I are out at breweries and if we're talking to somebody he will he will notice that i'm not bringing it up so he will always bring up the podcast (laughs) that's really cute it's very it's very cute cute. because i just get a little nervous about it i don't don't want to be like too weird i also want to own it i also want to be out there with it but i struggle between the two yeah um because certainly we're not experts as we say every time 
Well, as it's in our little disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's it's man, it's been a good time. Yeah, and I am fun. excited for what we've got coming up in twenty twenty. It's gonna yeah. be yeah. it's gonna be a ride, guys. Yeah, it's almost a year. Wow. Oh well, well since, remember when we had the idea? It was, like, it was January. like January when when you're like, we need to do this. Yeah, do this thing. Yeah, we could do this so much better. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've been really, I've been really surprised. Not surprised, I guess. Pleasantly, I, I'm happy with the fact that. So one of my mom's original questions was, "Yeah, but are guys gonna listen to it?" And of course, my reaction was, "I don't give a fuck." <laughs> like, I would hope so. I hope if their masculinity is so challenged by the fact that there are two women who want to elevate female voices in an underrepresented and actually know anything about beer. Yeah, and and in an underrepresented like field, then that's their problem, not ours. Yeah. I would like to think our content is relatable no matter what, right? Um, and is interesting no matter what. But I've been really surprised. Most of our like people who message us and ask questions and like have things to say have been guys who yeah. seem to really enjoy um i the the male brewers that i've met who work with women are really excited to mm-hmm. get their female coworkers like recognition and yeah. and have openly been like yes that needs to be a thing and mm-hmm. so it's just been really really cool to yeah. have that kind of feedback and feel like wow we we went in with a focus that I think is a little bit different, even to other women who are doing this kind of thing because we are so, like, I would say, I, I don't want to say narrowly because it's a, there's a huge wide range, and we will have men on the podcast, That's it's not like an exclusive thing, but it is a focus. Yeah. A mission, if you will. And I'm glad that it's been well received, and I well, really look forward to what it looks like in 2020. Yeah. Don't you step on this. So thanks... For being with us. <clears throat> Catastrophe. <laughs> Trying to avoid a cat attack. Uh, um, through 2019, our first year, and yeah, looking forward to all the really cool shit yeah. that we're going to be doing. Yes. Cool shit. And I guess this is going to be out in 2020. Yeah, this so is this probably is like not our... going to be out until yeah. um, after New Year's, so I hope everyone's a wonderful Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever it is you celebrate, and New Year's was fabulous. Yeah. And yeah. We're back. Woo! <laughs> all right. We'll do this again. <laughs> See y'all next time. Bye. Bye-bye. So if you like what you hear, share it with some friends. You can find us on Twitter, Untapped, and Snapchat at alewives underscore pod. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at alewives underscore podcast. Just search alewives podcast on Facebook. You can find our, our fan page there. And then you can also email us at alewives.podcast at gmail.com. And that is A-L-E-W-I-V-E-S dot podcast at gmail.com. So if you want to check out resources for this episode, anything that I used to research or anything like that, you can go to our website, which is alewivespodcast.com. You can also uh, see any photos, additional blog posts. You can contact us through there. Check out our socials through there as well. Yep. Everything's there. All right. We look forward to the next one. Yeah. Bye. Bye.